learning to trust God and his power. So this is part two. Part one was um, last week. We'll do a little bit of review, but um, if you weren't here for last week, um, this message is available in many different formats, um, podcast, audio, video. Uh, I understand we're having some connectivity issues with Facebook, um, so we obviously are live streaming through the church website, Vimeo, different platforms, um, and we'll try to get that Facebook issue corrected as soon as possible. Um, I got a, a text message from Pastor Cornelius in Nairobi um, Sunday, I don't know, it was probably, I forget our time, it was, it was around lunch, uh, after service, and um, he calls me dad, he's like, dad, um, no service this morning, we sit there all waiting for it, you know, so, um, so anyway, he, they were watching through Facebook, so hopefully uh, uh, they are with us uh, through another outlet um, this morning, praise God. If you have your Bibles, let's begin in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse number 5. One one of the things that we said on last week, just laying some groundwork and foundation for this part of our story, this part of our story, this part of our series, is that um, learning to trust God is one of the central themes of the Bible, New Testament, Old Testament. It's also one of the most important lessons that we can ever learn. And I'm emphasizing learning and lesson because trusting, for that matter, anybody or anything, including God, uh, is something that we learn to do. It's something that we learn to do. Now, we're equipped with the ability to trust, but trust is something that uh, grows and develops. On Wednesday night, we, we talked a little bit more about our fellowship with God, our, our connection and relationship with Him. And one of the things that we brought out in, in that message is that communication is the lifeblood of any relationship. Um, and so you can have someone that, that you think a lot of, have love for in your heart, um, but the strength and, and, and the vitality of that relationship is going to be limited by the communication that you uh, have with, with that person. Same is true with Father God. That's why he encourages and opens up and, and welcomes us to, to talk with him, communicate with him, reason together with him, ask him, seek of him, all, all, of, all of these different things. But again, if um, communication is the lifeblood of a relationship, then, then trust becomes a foundation for that relationship. And, and so we learn to trust. Um, and, and we also, uh, one way to illustrate what it means to learn to trust is that in the process of learning to trust, we've also learned who not to trust or what not to put our trust in. Um, and so if, if we can learn uh, trust, uh, then we can advance and develop in our trust. And I think it's very, very important for us. Um, as a matter of fact, in, in that song, and I'm sure, you know, I, I was, again, thankfully raised in church, raised uh, in Southern Baptist Church, and we sang um, uh, that the hymn that I was quoting, but we would do verses one, two, and four, you know, that third verse, you know, it's, you ever felt like the third verse in the four-verse Baptist hymnal, you know what I'm saying, it just kind of gets skipped over a lot, um, and so I'm sure I'm probably pulling parts and pieces out of different verses, but um, I know that the end of the chorus says, oh, for grace to trust him more, amen, oh, for grace to trust him more. Am I the only person in this room that recognizes uh, the importance of trusting him more than we're trusting him right now? Amen. Come on now. We need to trust him more. 
thankfully, you know, whatever level of trust you've developed and learned uh, and invested in, in our Heavenly Father, um, we need to learn to trust Him more. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that more today. Now, of all that the Bible has to say about trusting God, this, I'm going to say, is not just one of my favorite verses on trust. It's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. One more time, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just later even, I don't know, I imagine some of you are familiar with this verse. Some of you probably have memorized this verse. Um, Spend some time uh, today, some quality and quantity time, uh, just meditating this verse, the different phrases and lines and and, and words in it. Um, Every word, every punctuation mark for that matter in this passage is uh, so very, very important. So again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Um, That second phrase there, I think, at least for me personally, I'm sure maybe some of you can relate, um, this is where uh, my trust in the Lord is often broken when I shift over into my own understanding. You know, how is that going to happen? How does that work? You know, how is that going to come to pass? These kinds of things where I start trying to figure it out within myself. Um, The more we go down the path of our own understanding, um, the the further we're going to get away from trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. And then in all your ways, acknowledge him. Um, we, We do too many things in life without talking to the Lord about it first. Am I right about this? We, we make too many decisions. We, we think we got this. Uh, you know, we, we, we think we have enough life experience, enough maturity, um, so forth and so on, uh, to start uh, making decisions without acknowledging God. You do realize that that was the original sin in the Garden of Eden, that Adam and Eve made a decision without acknowledging God. God had already told them not to eat that fruit, but they did it anyway because they thought they knew better. So... This is one of the key ways that the enemy um, deceives and tricks God's people um, into thinking that we know, um, thinking that, that we have it figured out. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. Um, acknowledge him means to recognize him. It, it means to uh, give him place in, in, in you know, every area of your life, all of your ways. Uh, your marriage, raising your children, your career, your job, your school, uh, every aspect and part of your life. Um, God is not just something we do for an hour or two on Sunday mornings. Amen. He wants to do life with you. He wants to walk alongside you and you walk with him in life. And so in all your ways, acknowledge him and what he shall direct your paths. Praise God. Now let's go to the verse we we're in uh, on last Sunday, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 17 and uh, verse number 5. Praise God, I'll give you a minute to turn there. Jeremiah 17, 5. And we'll be uh, reading through verse number 8. Thus says the Lord, so this is the Lord speaking to you this morning. This isn't just um, obviously the Word of God, but I want you to notice this is the Word of God through the prophet to God's people. And he wants us to understand something here. And he he wants us to understand that if we put our trust in man and not God, that this not only exposes us to, but causes us to live a cursed life. 
So cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. So I want you to see the connection here between um, what we looked at in Proverbs 3 uh, when he says, whose heart departs from the Lord. When we fail to acknowledge God in all of our ways and when we lean our rest upon our own understanding, notice this again, is a, it's a pathway that carries us away from trusting in the Lord at all, much less trusting in Him with all of our heart. So cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. He shall uh, inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. And so this word hope ties us in with some other things that we've been studying out of Isaiah 40 and 31, where those who expect Jehovah pass over, cross over into the power of God uh, working in our lives. So blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So if we put our trust in man, and I know it's obvious, but let me point it out to you one more time. If you put your trust in yourself, you're a man. Um, And so it's not just talking about trusting other people, but if you trust in yourself, um, if you rely upon yourself, I've heard a lot of people over the years talk about how other people let them down and other people disappointed them and you just can't trust anybody, so the only person I trust is myself. Well, um, then you're cursed is what the Bible says. I didn't say that's what the Bible says, right? Cursed. Now, I know that when we hear these words cursed and blessed, we tend to go to... uh, uh, you know, God's conversation with His chosen people, uh, the Jewish people there in the book of Exodus. And I'm not saying that's wrong, um, but He's giving us a, a different way of understanding this because in the book of Exodus, He's talking about if a man does this, he'll be blessed, but if a, if a man does this, he'll be cursed. He's talking about things that we do. Here, he's talking about something more than our actions or behavior, but he's talking about where we place our trust and, 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 and to whom we uh, give our trust. And so when he uses this word cursed, um, he, it literally means, matter of fact, I'll put it up on the screen, it literally means bound as if with a spell, hemmed in with obstacles, rendered powerless to resist. Now, Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is completely different from what we find the meaning of cursed from in Exodus. They're certainly related, but, but the word that's used here in the, in the Hebrew, uh, in the original language, is, is, is trying to emphasize uh, a different aspect of this um, in our lives. And so he says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. What does that mean? It's, it's, this man is, is, is going to be trapped, um, hemmed in with obstacles. Um, someone who, who is living under a curse, this is someone that um, no matter how hard they try, 
it's like nothing ever works out for them. It's like nothing uh, ever, uh, uh, you know, breaks through or comes through for them. Um, in, uh, in that old uh, television sitcom, Hee Haw, um, there was a line in a song that they sang that if it weren't for bad luck, I would have no luck at all. And so this, this is the idea of someone who is hemmed in with obstacles. And then this next part, we could, we could preach a, you know, two or three sermons on this, rendered powerless to resist. Rendered powerless to resist. Why is this such a problem? This is such a problem because the way you get the devil off your back is by resisting him. The way you overcome temptation is by resisting it. Amen. And so the enemy has tried our whole lives to get us to a place where we're powerless to resist, where our resistance has been broken down. And whether it's donuts or heroin or um, pornography or cigarettes, the, the devil doesn't care what it is. He's just trying to gradually over time chip away at your resistance so that you are rendered powerless to resist uh, things of the flesh, you know, things that pull at you uh, in, the, in the world around you, uh, so forth and so on. So, you see, a lot of times we, we don't think about, you know, struggling with things and habits and, and maybe even addictions in our lives. Uh, maybe we don't connect, you know, our inability to overcome those things with our lack of trust in God. But if we've put our trust in man, are, are you seeing this? Um, this is one of the, uh, uh, the, the results uh, of, of that approach to life and living. Now, of particular interest as well is this word bound, bound as if with a spell. Um, this is referring to an invisible barrier that you can't get past. An invisible barrier that you can't get past. Um, I teach a series of classes at the Foundry and, and in there, I talk about, I've mentioned it here from time to time over the years, but I talk about people being stuck on a deserted island with no way off of that island. And the name of that island is the island where nothing ever changes. The island where nothing ever changes. Have you ever felt like you've been stuck on an island for maybe several years or more of your life where nothing ever changes? And so this is, this is what it means to be bound. It's like there's this invisible barrier that you, you can't ever seem to get past. You can't seem to grow past it. You can't seem to blow past it. There's been times in your life where you thought you actually made it off the island, only to find out later you're still on the same island. It's just a part of the island you've never seen before because nothing has ever really changed, so to speak, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances. It just um, as, as uh, we were raised up, you know, my mother and dad had an expression, just keep going around the mountain. And, and that, um, that, of course, is referring to in the wilderness where they just went around and around the same mountain for, for their whole lives. Um, and if, if you allow the enemy, he will, he will have you so hemmed in with obstacles um, and, and, and this invisible force or barrier that you can't seem to get past and, and can't seem to resist. Um, he'll just have you spend your whole life going around and around and around the same mountain. Amen. Well, how do we break out of that? How, how, how do we break from that, that pack? How, how do we move on past that? Well, it's trusting in the Lord. 
It's, it's, it's trusting in him. That's how we overcome that invisible barrier because, again, we must have his power to break through those invisible barriers. So I know it's been a few weeks since we've talked about this, but let me just remind you. We were created to live on a level we cannot get to on our own. I'm not going to give you all of these. I'm just going to give you the first three, okay? We were created to live on a level we cannot get to on our own. We were created to have things no amount of money, work, or sacrifice can earn, and we were created to become something we can never make ourselves, all right? So how, how then do we become this person that we can never make ourselves? How, how is it that we possess these things that no amount of money, work, or effort can, or sacrifice can earn? How is it that we get to that next level in life that we were created to live on that we can't get to ourselves? Well, we have to trust God to get there. We, we can't get there apart from Him. Are you, is this making sense to you? I'm not, you know... Um, I was listening to, matter of fact, it's, it's the first time the Lord's ever spoken something like this to me. Uh, Brother Keith Moore preached four sermons during the Southwest Believers Convention. And I really feel like the Lord laid it on my heart to listen to each of those four messages three times each. And each one of them is a little over uh, an, an hour. Um, and um, um, I, I, I have uh, really been um, just... Amen. I, I don't even know why I mentioned that, but maybe somebody in here needs to go to the to to, to the Southwest Believers Convention uh, archives and um, and listen to those things. And I'm forgetting now why I was going to say that. So let me just keep moving on. We were not. We, so how, how do we how do we get to um, that next level? How how do we you know break um, through uh, th- those uh, uh, barriers again? Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. In one of the points that he makes in those messages is that if it starts getting really complicated, you can just about be assured that it's not God. If it starts getting really, really complicated, because that's what the... Remember, Jesus came to make it simple, and it's the, the enemy, the devil is the author of confusion, and one of the ways that he confuses, peop, confuses God's people is by way overcomplicating things. And so we're talking about the simplicity of trust, if we're going to get to that next level, okay, um, if the devil's telling you it's all kind of complex, complicated things, that this, you know, jump through these hoops, and see, that's religion, that's not God. You get to the next level by trusting God. Amen. It, it really is that simple, okay? And the devil never wants you to understand that it is that simple. Now, we were not designed to function independently. God created us to be dependent upon Him, And so the more we try to live independently from God, the more dependent we become on other things, or we could say other people. I don't know if you've ever heard somebody maybe refer to somebody who's really close to them. They may make some kind of statement like, oh, she's my life. Or they may say, my children are my life. Listen to me. You're putting your children, you're putting your family, you're putting your husband or your, your, your wife in, in a position that they were never meant. I'm not saying that they're not important, okay? But our life comes from God. God is our life. He is the source of our life. He is the source of our biological life. He is the source of our eternal life, of, 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 of the life and nature of God in us. Are, are you following what I'm saying here? So, the, the, but the more we try to live independently from God, the more dependent we become on other things or other people. Now, the question is not, will I trust, but in what or whom will I trust? Because we were created by God to, um, to uh, be uh, dependent upon Him 
Um, we were never designed to function independently. So if we're not dependent upon God, we will become dependent upon other things and other people. This, you're going to serve somebody because you were created to trust somebody. Okay, you're going to serve somebody because you were created. You were created to trust somebody. Now, our need to trust and depend on someone other than ourselves makes us vulnerable to trusting in the wrong things. This is something the devil tries to take advantage of relentlessly. Amen. Relentlessly. Now. I've got some more notes on this. I don't know if we'll get to all of it today, but I want you to consider for something consider something with me for just a moment. Um, you were created um, with a conquering spirit. God, God created you to rule and reign in life. He created you to have dominion. If you've never heard anybody teach on these things from the Bible, my friend, the, the, the Word of God is filled with this. As a matter of fact, the first words a human ear ever heard was God giving mandate uh, to have dominion, to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, and to subdue anything that got out of line. And so you were created in the image and likeness of God, and our God is a conquering spirit. In other words, this is why he told, Jesus told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're supposed to be taking um, this planet for our Father. Amen. And so you have within you a, a conquering spirit. You, you were hardwired to dominate. That's why nobody in here likes to lose. Nobody in here likes to lose. Am I right about this? Think about it for a moment. Um, we were created to rule and reign in life. Now, this is, this is how God created us. And, and one of the things that we really drill down into, dig down into ex- extensively in discipleship class, is that we look at, first of all, how it is that God designed us to function, okay? But then we also look at how the enemy tries to take advantage of our ignorance concerning those things. Like, for instance, God created you with the ability to speak, and he says death and life is in the power of your tongue. And so this is why the enemy is constantly trying to get you to use your own words against you. He's trying to get you to speak things and say things out of your mouth, right? Because the words of your mouth, according to God, chart the course your life follows. And so if the enemy can manipulate what you say, he can manipulate where you go in life. Or how far you go in life. So kind of back to that island where nothing ever changes. We keep saying what we have when God says you can have what you say. Are you hearing me right? But we keep talking about what we have. And as long as we keep talking about what we have, we keep having what we say. And then we keep saying what we have, and we keep having what we say, and we keep saying what we have, and we keep having what we say. And next thing you know, you wake up an, an older man or woman, an old man or woman, and nothing's ever changed in your life. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? Amen. All right, so... What, what we're talking about here then is God created you with, with, with a, a, a hardwired within you, a spirit. Um, we could even say an attitude uh, of, of, of ruling and reigning in life. But he also created you with an absolute need for him. Are you seeing this? So if we take him out of the picture, it doesn't change our desire to rule and reign. It's just we don't know how to effectively rule and reign in life without him. 
So we start trying to dominate other people. We start trying to manipulate situations in our favor. We start trying to work angles. And next thing you know, it's very easy then for the devil to get us off into cheating on our taxes and lying and telling people we work more hours than we worked and all these other things, right? Because what are we doing? We're, 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 we, we were creating a rule and reign in life, but we can't do it apart from our dependence upon God. These are situations that the devil takes advantage of in so many people's lives. Now, if you don't hear anything I say this morning, I I really want you to get a hold of this. Matter of fact, you might want to write that down. God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. He can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. My friend, He wants to take you places. He, he wants to lead you into the middle of your best life, doing what he puts you in your mother's womb to do, where you're supposed to be doing it, when you're supposed to be doing it, with the people you're supposed to be doing it with. He wants to lead you straight into the sweet spot of your life, a place where you know prosperity and meaningfulness and productivity and effectiveness, where it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is where the Holy Spirit, this is where Father God, this is where Jesus, this is where they're wanting to lead you. But again, He, can't, he can only lead you as far as your trust in Him will allow. We've already received the offering. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, in in the course of our study, we're going to talk some about money. And and there's a reason why we're going to talk about it. The church is doing really well financially. Remember, my pledge to you many, many, many years ago is that the only time I'll ever talk about this is for your advantage and, and not mine or the church's. Okay? So we're doing extremely well financially. It's It's not about... Um, matter of fact, we've got a new tenant moving in. I mean, it's just the Lord's blessed us. This, all our buildings will be full. Praise God. He's just good to us, even in this weird season of COVID and, 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 and all these things, okay? Um, but one of the reasons we're going to talk about money is because it's very easy for us, very easy for us to deceive ourselves into thinking that we trust God more than we actually do, okay? And, and so money is one of those places where you, as an individual, can really examine exactly how much you do trust God, right? So, Father God, I I do not apologize for this. It's throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. You're supposed to be prospering financially according to the Word of God, not according to me or something I read in some other book. I'm talking about what the Word of God says. Thank you for those couple of amens and few Baptist nods. You're supposed to be prospering financially. You're supposed to have enough for what you need and, and also to be able to, to give and help uh, in every good work that the Holy Spirit leads you to give and help and be a part of. Amen. All right. But now notice, God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. How does He increase us? He doesn't increase us through the world system of buying and selling. He increases us through the kingdom economy of sowing and reaping. Right? But if you're going to sow financial seed into the fertile soil of God's kingdom, you're going to have to trust him. Are you seeing this, right? I mean, we can make all kinds of, uh, I call it spiritualizing our dysfunction. We can make all kinds of excuses and reasons for not paying our tithes. But what it really basically boils down to is, do you trust God enough to pay your tithes or don't you? Okay, I'm not trying to hurt you, I'm trying to help you, all right? Okay, and I'm not, as, as, um, um, I saw uh, uh, last Sunday, by the way, thank you for blessing uh, my uh, uh, daughter and son in grace and, and, uh, and Oliver and little Samuel David soon to, to come uh, last week um, at, the, at the baby tea. And Jake's cousin Blake was here and he spoke at 
um, at, at uh, uh, Jake's uncle, which would have been Blake's, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying Blake, but it was Blaine, Blaine, I get the two brothers confused. Blaine was here, and he said something at his dad's funeral that has just, it, I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget it. He's talking about his dad and the way his dad fathered, and he said his dad expected a lot from them, not because he was trying to get, not because he wanted more from them, but because he wanted more for them. Are you seeing, are you seeing this, right? In other words, father is, is wanting you to tithe, not because he's wanting more from you, he's wanting more for you. There's a big difference there, okay? And so my heart behind any teaching that I ever do from this pulpit on money is not because I'm trying to get more from you. Are you hearing me? It's because I want more for you. Well, praise God. All right. But see, again, God can only take you as far financially as your trust in him will allow. He can only take you as far as ministerial effectiveness as your trust in him will allow. Right? In other words, if, if you're going to go knock on somebody's door and tell them about Jesus, you better be trusting in Jesus. Amen? And so there's people that he wants you to minister to, but, you know, instead of trusting him to help you do that, you start leaning to your own understanding. I'm going to embarrass them. They're going to think I'm some kind of religious, religious fanatic. They don't care about anything I have to say, blah, so forth and so on. Right? See, that's our own understanding. But the Holy Spirit's prompting you to go. But he can only take you as far as uh, your trust in him will allow. So, see, he's trying to lead you to your promised land, and it takes trust on your part to follow him there. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Man, I got some important stuff that I really need to talk to you about this morning, and I'm running out of time. All right, you still good with me? You still here? All right. So, thank you, Holy Spirit. Will you come back? Will you, will you come back next week? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> I'm skipping over some stuff here, if you're wondering. Um, so let's do this. So the dilemma of trust is the surrender of control. The dilemma of trust is the surrender of control. If you're going to trust somebody else to do something for you, okay, then that means you're going to have to not control that yourself, but you're going to have to trust them to do that task or that assignment or that thing, right? So I know that's such a simple physical example of this, but it's at, it's at the heart of all reluctance to trust because if, if we're going to trust God, we're going to have to surrender control over to Him. See, again, back to our finances, back to our money. Um, if, if, if we're going to give God 10% of our increase, right, now all of a sudden we're, we're turning control over not just that 10%, right, um, because, see, that's, this is what my dad taught me about tithing. He said, he said look, he said, um, do, you, do you want um, 100% without God's blessing or do you want 90% with it? Would you rather have 90% of your money blessed or would you rather have 100% of it cursed? Well, that's a no-brainer for me. I'd rather have 90% of it with the blessing of God on it than 100% of it without the blessing of God on it. Amen. Right, but see, in order to see that that whole blessing of God, right? I mean, it's almost like Jack with a handful of beans. I mean, what is that? You know, what does that do? You know, and so we 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 don't realize we're making the choice to exclude the blessing of God from our money 
when we don't pay our tithes, okay, and, and we don't really realize that we're stealing from God according to the scripture because 10% of it, he says, is his. But, but again, notice, we don't say, I want to keep 100% even if it's cursed. It's we want to keep 100% because we want to control it. We want to control it. You know, to, to, to start, you know, trusting God with 10% of the increase. Well, now we've lost some control over this situation here. And so this is the dilemma of trust. It, 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 it's, it's why people don't trust is because we do not want to turn control over to something or someone else. Okay? So because of this now, we're often deceived into putting our trust then in what we control. Are you hearing me? Let me, let me give you some, let me give you, I really, this is, if I don't get much further than this, let me at least, because I really feel like I was supposed to tell you this last week and we ran out of time and now here we are again, okay? This is something the Lord spoke into my spirit, okay? Not just ideas as I'm working. Th- these exact words, as a matter of fact, this, I typed them just like this, okay? He told me to tell you, trust upward, not downward. Trust greater, not lesser. We are deceiving ourselves when we put our trust in things we think we can control. Okay? So we try to satisfy our need and desire to trust by putting our trust in things that are less than us, in things that are um, uh, beneath us rather than things that are above us. Okay? So again, Think with me about the directionality of trust. You place trust. You put trust. So you can either trust upward or you can trust outward laterally, okay, right? Or you can trust downward. And so the reason so many people become disappointed and disillusioned in their efforts to trust is because they trust people who are in the same boat they're in, right? (laughs) We put our trust in people who are just people. We put our trust in man, other people, right? Or we put our trust in things, listen very carefully now, that were either developed or, or can be generated by man. Are you following me? We put our trust in things that have either been developed by man or things that can be generated by man. All right? So think with me. If you put your trust in something you think you can control, you have only succeeded in putting your trust in yourself. I feel some of you slipping away. Come on now, this is important. We, see, let me see if I can say it another way. If you put your trust, here we go. If you put your trust in something a man developed or can generate, then who is your trust really in? We've just, we've just looped right back around to trusting in man. What is something man can generate? Men can, we can generate money. Am I right about this? I mean, if you're the government, you can print it. But I'm talking about we can generate it, right? Just go get us another job. Just, just get a third job. You know, just sell some baby clothes. Just, you know, we, got, we don't use them anymore. Just sell some. In other words, all of these things are things we can generate. Do you realize how many of God's people have far more trust in money than they have in God? See, you're trusting downward. You've put your trust in something that's beneath you. You've put your trust in something you can generate. It's not above you, it's beneath you. In other words, you've you've limited yourself to something you can produce.
Jesus. All right. I'm going to ask you again, not because I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing by faith this morning. Is this making sense to you? Right. Let me at least set some of this up, okay? Jesus said in John 5, 19, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And then again, in the same chapter, verse 30, I can, Jesus speaking, written in red, I can of my own self do nothing. Philippians chapter 3, it says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. Sounds like something we read in Jeremiah 17, doesn't it? Right? Cursed is the man who puts his trust in man. Here he's telling us, have no confidence, have no confidence in the flesh. So the Old Testament version of confidence in the flesh is something that we see in a few different places in the Old Testament. And it's this idea of putting our trust in chariots. Anybody ever... Like reading along in the Bible, heard something along those lines about putting your trust or putting your confidence in chariots. Well, chariots were obviously um, implements of warfare, and and uh, you know in their day, as 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 warfare technology was developing, um, you know this was before guns and gunpowder and all, all these other things. You, you had the bow and arrow was the was the was the M16 of the day, and uh, and the chariot. Um, was the military vehicle of the day. And, uh, and so then you see that, you know, as, as they're starting to develop different types of metals, a, a chariot of iron obviously was um, a, a bigger deal than a, just a wooden chariot, okay? Stronger, you know, next generation kind of uh, warfare uh, machinery and things of this nature. And so um, Father God, without, amen, Father God, would, would tell the people to prepare the horse and the chariot for battle, okay? But he would also tell them to not put their trust in the chariot or the horse that he told them to prepare for battle, okay? And so what, what we see in all of this is that there are certain things that... Um, that God understands are important to our lives. But remember, the enemy is trying to direct our trust away from God to these things. So a chariot then for you and me would simply be something that was um, uh, developed or, or fabricated by a human being, amen, that we would put our trust in. Amen. And now, God's not saying that they shouldn't have chariots. Don't misunderstand me. He's not saying that chariots are bad. But what makes the chariot bad is when you put your trust in the chariot instead of in God. So God says, go ahead and get the chariots ready for war, but don't put your trust in the chariot. Keep your trust in me. Are you with me? 
Now, I got my heart's beating fast. I know my heart beats fast like this, and I got to say what I'm about to say. So just thank you. I know maybe some of you had other things that you needed to get up early and leave. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that to call you out. Please, but just if you'll just stay with me for just a few minutes, okay? Because the, the, one of the modern-day chariots that we're dealing with right now is something called a vaccine. A vaccine. Are you hearing me? Now, listen, it's none of my business. Listen to me. It's none of my business whether or not you have had the vaccine, uh, are going to have the vaccine. I, that's, that, please, that's none of my business. And I mean that as sincerely as I know how to tell you this. Please, it's none of my business. But let me tell you what is my business. My business as your pastor, as your servant leader, as your shepherd, my business is to make sure whether you take the vaccine or not that your trust is not in the vaccine. The vaccine's just a chariot. Are you hearing me? Well, is it right for me to take the vaccine? Or or is it wrong for me to take the vaccine? It depends on the attitude of your heart. It's wrong for you to take the vaccine if your trust is in the vaccine and not in God. It's wrong for you to not take the vaccine if you're doing it out of religious pride. Did you hear what I just said? If you've, got the, if you've got this pride in you, I'm a faked man, I don't need none of that business, right? Stuff ain't going to take me, blah, blah. Now, now again, there's, there's a difference between genuine faith in God and, and just spiritual pride. If, it's, if you're not taking the vaccine because of spiritual pride, then you're wrong. If you're taking the vaccine because your trust is in the vaccine, then guess what? You're wrong. So, thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, let me just find this, and then we'll, matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and stand, okay? I've got several of these. We'll go through them next week, but let me just give you this one, okay? If you put your trust in vaccines, there will always be another virus or variant. If you put your trust in God's ability to protect you, to protect, you will always be protected no matter how many viruses come along. I missed a comma there. Let me say it again. If you put your trust in vaccines, there will always be another, var- there will always be another virus or variant. See, what, what we're finding out is they led us to believe that the vaccine would do away with COVID. And the people who told us that ignored their own multi-billion dollar, million dollar anyway, um, research on viruses in general, especially respiratory viruses, right, and how they operate and how they function. Okay, they just ignored all that, and they made us believe it was going to be like smallpox. That if you take the vaccine, you'll never have to worry about it, and you'll never have to think about it, it'll be over. Well, that's not how respiratory viruses work. Because I remember when they were saying all this, I'm like, well, why haven't we did the cold vaccine yet? Because that's all coronavirus is. It's just a version of the common cold. Am I right about this, Bethany? Back to Bethany's in the nursery, right? Am I boring you? Am I, am, are you okay with this? Okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm, I'm just I'm trying to show you something here. See, they led us to believe we just take the, we just take the, um, take the, cold, take the vaccine and, and it'll all be fine. And then they're condemning everybody who, who feels like they shouldn't take it. Right? 
going to make you take it, all this other stuff. Well, if you put your trust in vaccines, there will always be another virus or variant. If you put your trust in God's ability to protect you, you will always be protected no matter how many viruses come along. Are you seeing this? See, we're looking to man to help us with this. Bill Winston, by the Spirit of the Lord, said it this way. He, I don't know if I've ever heard him talk about these things but this way. But he went back to mythology, Hercules, and the multi-headed dragon named Hydra. This is what the Lord showed him in the Spirit. And if you understand, every time Hercules cut one head off that dragon, two heads grew back. See, we've got to pass the power. We've got to quit trusting government and, and scientists. I'm not, I'm not opposed to scientists. Please hear me. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Just like God's not opposed to chariots, He's opposed to you putting your trust in chariots. You realize if you put your trust in money, you'll never have enough money. If you put your trust in God, you'll always have enough money no matter how much money you have. See the difference there, right? All right. Amen. Amen. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Father God, I stand before you now as one you've set your love upon. I know you love me, Father. I know you desire good things for me, Father. And I'm learning now how important it is to you for me to trust you. So, Father, I'm asking you to teach me how to trust you. Teach me how to increase in my trust for you, of you, and in you. Father, help me see more clearly things that I have put my trust in, people that I put my trust in, that I should not be trusting. And help me trust upwardly. Help me trust the greater and not the lesser. The bigger and not the smaller. Forgive me, Father, for putting my trust in inferior things, in lesser things, when I should have been putting my trust in You. So, Father, I say to these things in my life and the world around me that You are the greater one and the greater one is in me. Greater is He who's in me than He who is in the world. And my trust is in the greater one. And my trust is in the greater one. Come on, one more time. And my trust is in the greater one. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Now, Father, I thank you for these beautiful men and women. I thank you for every person on the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that you are speaking to us. Lord, as, as I have stood here in front of them speaking, Father, it has been your Holy Spirit who has been teaching us. Lord, you are saying things to people in this room. Lord, people watching online, you are saying things to them inside of them that have not come out of my mouth, Lord. Things that I have not spoken audibly, yet, Lord, something that your Holy Spirit has said through me, Lord, has triggered something else that now your Holy Spirit is saying to them. And so, Father, I thank you that these are very, 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 very important and critical times in which we live. Lord, it's always been important to trust you. But, Father, I thank you that the stakes are higher now. And Lord, I thank you that you are teaching your people to trust you and to trust your power. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Tell somebody around you you love them. Good things coming. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for joining us online. Amen.